Bava Basra, Perk Tes, Mishnah Base 9-2. So the topic of this Mishnah is revolving around the tumtum. A tumtum, literally the word tumtum means a kind of covered up or blocked up, is referring to a person who was born uh, with his private parts covered up with like a membrane, so you can't determine if this is a boy or a girl. Okay? Now, letting the cat out the bag and the unraveling a knot that will come in, up in the Mishnah later on, there's a couple shitas on how to treat a tumtum. The sheet of the Chachamim, who will be the Tanakama of our Mishnah, and the Allah will follow the Shita, is that the Tumtum is a Suffolk boy, Suffolk girl. We just don't know which one it is. That's the Allah. In the context of the Mishnah, what's going to happen is you're going to have boys and girls fighting over Yerusha benefits um, from the estate. And that being the case, the rule is going to be Ein Suffolk Motzimidei Vadai. An uncertain situation can't take money out of a certain situation, meaning that we don't know if this is a boy or a girl, therefore we won't be able to claim the benefits of being a boy or a girl. Um, and similarly, um, you know, related to that is Hamotzim Chaver Lavaraya. He can't extract out um, benefit, financial, you know, uh, benefit or cruel, because he is a suffix situation. Maybe boy, maybe girl. There is another shita, um, which is the shita of Rabban Shimon Gamliel, which is reflected later on in the Mishnah, although there's no signpost for it. And but the second part of the Mishnah is a different Tana. And Rabban Shimon Gamliel holds that a tumtum is neither boy nor girl. It's like a different category all to itself, a min bifneyatzmo. Um, and that being the case, it simply is not a matter of suffix, but rather vadai, neither boy nor girl. Um, the halacha does not follow that shita, but we'll see how that goes later on in the Mishnah. Now, the first part of the Mishnah therefore says, hiniach banim uvanos v'tumtum. Let's say a person has, uh, you know, he dies, leaving of five children, two boys, two girls, and this tumtum person. So, how do we deal with this? So, we're basically going to say that the tumtum gets the short end of the stick from both directions, um, because, right, the boys have the benefit of being the heirs to the exclusion of the girls. We know that already. But remember, the girls have a benefit, we just learned in the previous Mishnah, that if there isn't enough money to go around, so then, first and foremost, the estate will be held to support these girls until they reach either A, the age of Bagrus, 12 and a half years old, or B, um, they get married. Um, and at that point, once that's taken care of, then the rest of the estate would then pass on to the boys as inheritance. Now, um, so that's a benefit the girls have, that they get taken care of ahead of the boys if there's not enough to go around. So what's with our tumtum over here? So it says the Mishnah, In the situation in which there's lots to go around, there's plenty you know, real assets to distribute. So then, So then, so the boys will say, listen, maybe you're a girl. We don't know. So you're with the girls. Meaning, um, fine, you can get supported until you're 12 and a half. But the point is, you're not one of the people who are inheriting. In this case, the inheritance, the estate will divide two ways between the two boys, not three or five, whatever you might think. Okay? But if nechasem if there's not enough to go around, there's one apartment that's supposed to support these five kids, so then, I don't know, they're going to move them with their uncle, and the, and the Bezdin will take that apartment and rent it out, let's say. And with the money you get from that apartment, <clears throat> the girls will literally push him off towards the boys, meaning their claim in court will be, listen, or the Apitropos, the guardian trustee and who's acting on behalf, will say, listen, this, this Tumtum who said he's a girl, maybe he's a boy. And therefore, he'll have no right to collect from like the money which is coming from their apartment rent to support these girls until they get married or hit bogros. 
In other words, the Tuntum will be forced, like his brothers, to go knocking on doors um, for tzedakah. Now, just this will be that's kind of the halacha. Uh, just let me just add that if there is enough money to support the girls and this tumtum, of course he'd be supported as well because it's not to the detriment of the girls, right? So he's getting supported. At least he's no worse than than that. So he'll be supported if there's enough to support um, the girls and this tumtum until they're twelve and a half years old. Okay. The next part of the Mishnah, also dealing with tumtum. Adds a new element. You recall we learned in the previous parak about this notion that a person is a shchiv meira, a person on his deathbed. So there's a takanas chacham, a rabbinic enactment, which says we're concerned that the shchiv meira, since he's now on his deathbed, if he gets aggravated or upset, that he hasn't sorted out his financial affairs, that will make him die sooner. The aggravation, the stress. We don't want that to happen. God forbid. And therefore, the rabbi said, listen, the amira, the mira dibor, the statement that a uh, that um. Shchimera makes in terms of allocating his resources, his assets will be binding as if he actually actually did a formal Kenyan. Okay, so we've seen that before. It's old news. Now, as an additional innovation, the mission wants to discuss here. Normally, uh, any transaction requires two parties, and if you have if one of the parties is no longer is not currently alive, so there can't be a counterparty. So there's no way to give something to someone who hasn't yet been born. Notwithstanding that, our mission says that. The person on his deathbed could make a gift verbally to the, for the benefit of his unborn child, and that will actually be binding, because this really is, that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah, really, that this is included in the rabbinic enactment, that Takanas HaChamim, which says that just as you don't want him to be upset regarding um, starting his financial affairs, since a person has a special closeness in his heart to his unborn child, uh, and if he can't take care of the unborn child the way he wants to, he'll be very upset, and then that would lead to the things where it don't want to happen. Therefore, the person on his deathbed could make a verbal declaration even to his unborn child, and that would be binding. That being the case, says our Mishnah, If a person says from his deathbed, if his pregnant wife gives birth to a boy, the boy should get a mana, that's 100 zuz, then, If the child is born a boy, indeed the child will get the 100 the hundred zuz, as is a statement, because that's a dindarabana. Similarly, if he says, nekeva masayim, if he says, if my wife gives birth to a girl, the girl should get two hundred zuz, so then, yalda nekeva, no telas masayim. If she, the mother, gives birth to a girl, then the girl will indeed get the two hundred zuz. Same exact rationale as before. The mission shows these specific examples to show that it's derech eretz and normal that a person would give more to his daughter than to a son, because the daughter... We want to prevent her from having to be impoverished and having to knock on doors out of desperation, and therefore it would be normal to make sure that the daughter is taken care of with even more than the son gets. Now, if the person on his deathbed says, Im zachar mana, im nakeva masayim, he says, if my wife gives birth to a boy, she should get a hundred. If she gives birth to a girl, she sh- the girl should get two hundred. Ve'yalda zachar unakeva, and it turns out there are twins, fraternal twins, one is a boy, one is a girl. Says the Mishnah, Zachar no Talmano and Akeva no Telus Masayim. So then the boy would get the hundred and the girl would get two hundred. Again, this doesn't sound like much of a Chiddush. This seems straightforward. Certainly what we said from the previous lines of the Mishnah. The Chiddush here is that even though he said in his the this the, the syntax, the, the grammatically he said, like, if it's a boy, if it's a girl, implying there's just one child, not really anticipating there'd be two of them. So you might have thought incorrectly that somehow if there's two children in the concept of twins, they wouldn't both get wrong. We understand his intention to mean the boy 
if there's one, if there are two, whatever it is, she get a hundred. And if the girdle is one, if it's two, she get two hundred. Okay. Now here's the punchline regarding the tumtum, yalda tumtum. If he said boys get a hundred, girls get two hundred, and then what comes out is a tumtum, ain't no notel. The tumtum gets nothing. This is the shita of Rabban Shimon Gamliel again, inconsistent with the first part of the Mishnah. In the first part of the Mishnah, he said it's maybe a boy, maybe a girl. According to that shita, the chachamim shita and the halacha, since we don't know if the tumtum is a boy or a girl. So then, we don't know if he should get 100 or 200, but we know he should get at least 100, because Maman of Shach, however you slice it, at least 100 is coming to him, and therefore the, the Tum Tum should get 100. However, Rabban Shim Magamliel, who is speaking in this part of the Mishnah, holds that a Tum Tum is a, min, is, a, is a different category altogether, and that being the case, um, he's neither boy nor girl, and so therefore the Tum Tum didn't meet the, either of the two categories. Didn't say he's not a boy, not a girl, and therefore he's not entitled to 100 or 200, he's going to get nothing. Halacha wouldn't follow him. Now, says the Mishnah, Im Amar kol yitol, yitol. Says the Mishnah, if the husband says whatever my wife has, so then the child should get, you know, 100 or 200, whatever the gift he says, then indeed if the wife gives birth to a tumtum, the tumtum would indeed get the gift. The Chiddush is you might have thought for some reason incorrectly that, like, he wouldn't want that to be the case. He wasn't having in mind the tumtum. That's who would have thought of a tumtum, God forbid. But anyways, the point is the tumtum is included. And finally says the Mishnah, Im ein sham yoresh elahu, even according to B'shem Gamliel, if there's no heir, like let's say there's no child other than this tumtum, yoresh es akol, he gets everything. Meaning if the tumtum has no brothers or sisters, so then the tumtum will get it all by himself. And the Chiddush here is, you might say, of course, who else? It's a child. The answer is yes. The problem is that the Pasuk, remember, that talks about Yerusha, talks about if it's a Ben or if it's a Bat, a boy or a girl. And the Tontum Quantum Shem Gamil is neither of those two things. So then what's going to be? But the answer is yes. Even though that's true, later on, the Pasuk says, Pasuk Yeralef says, Hakarov Elav Memishpachto, if there's like another person who's the closest of his family, the Yerash Osa. So he would be the heir. So the point is, that even if it's not a boy or a girl, it's still the closest relative, being that it's the child, offspring, descendant, child of this, the, the deceased, and therefore the Tumtum would be the heir of everything. And that would be true if it's his child, or the same thing if, let's say, for example, he only has one sibling, the sibling's a Tumtum, he has no children, then since he has no children, his sibling, the Tumtum, would be the heir, even according to Shemim Gamliel. Allah, however, follows the Tarakama, the Chachamim, which means that the Tumtum is the Suffolk, and uh, and wouldn't be able to inherit ahead of of boys, um, and would sort of get the the worst of both worlds, but would not be a min bifneatzmo.